0: The views and opinions expressed on the Middle Class VO Podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests. Any feelings hurt therein are an unfortunate byproduct of the quest for infotainment. Also, please be reminded that concerted efforts have been made so as not to put anyone's knickers in a twist. Having one's knickers in a twist is not an objective or goal. However, if your knickers are in a twist and it persists for more than four hours, please seek out a physician. Moreover, if anyone were to feel besmirched by any of the commentary on the Middle Class VO podcast, it would be purely coincidental. No besmirchment is intended. Please enjoy.
1: Coming up on the Middle Class VO podcast.
2: What in your mind makes for a good imaging voice?
0: Well, for, for me, I think it's diversity. I mean, I um, I do all kinds of silly characters, and I think outtakes, if you have a, you know, leave in your outtakes, if you have a good improv background, that helps tremendously. If you have a good wit, uh, good comedic timing, those are all pluses. Um, I think the more things that you can bring to the table and offer a station, the more valuable that you'll be.
1: If you need any learning, are just an email away, quote tell us what to say explain our video imaging radio slinging local cars reading ivr no we ain't no stars this is the middle class v-o podcast the middle class v-o podcast the middle class v-o podcast
2: caca 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 Welcome back to the Middle Class VO Podcast. We are a bunch of clowns, and Bobby and I have been looking forward to this episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast, where we're going to talk about imaging. He is a voice actor. He is a demo producer. He is an audio engineer, and he's a master of all things creative. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only... AJ McKay AJ
1: how are yeah. you I mean we really oh, good
0: you got the one-sheeter that I, I sent you that's awesome you <laughs> said everything I needed you that's, that's great you're exactly. so good Plus,
1: we had to get on his calendar you know we had to follow him home from Europe I mean he's so big <laughs> oh
0: yeah
2: AJ's a world traveler uh,
0: only in my mind AJ how are you doing man I'm great, you know. I, I literally I got back got back from Dublin on Sunday uh, with the JMC Euro Retreat, and of course you guys know what those are all about. And it was a blast. I was there for 12 days, so I'm just trying to play catch up. You know, it's I don't really uh, produce when I'm on the road, just because uh, the acoustics and everything are so different. So I just kind of took 12 days, and I was I was voicing, but I I way behind on production, so. Uh, I'm just trying to play catch up now. Well, we appreciate you carving out a few minutes for us today. And I want to get
2: get into your history a little bit, AJ. You, You come from radio. We know that. And then you got into voice acting and producing and imaging for yourself. Tell us a little bit about your backstory. How did you get into radio and how did you evolve from radio into being an imaging producer and voice actor?
0: You know, it's it's really weird. I got into radio when I was fifteen. Um, I don't even know really how that started. I I've always been obsessed with microphones and uh, you know sound equipment, and I I DJed you know my high school dances, and I thought, <laughs> well. Um, you know, what's this radio thing? That would be kind of cool. So, you know, I just, I was a kid, so I wanted to be on the radio, and I started sending uh, tapes or air checks into the uh, morning show on the Top 40 station uh, here in in Louisville, in my hometown in Kentucky, and they started playing them on the air. Uh, That was when I was like 13. Wow. 13 or 14, yeah. And But they were so bad because, you know, I had a little studio at home, a bunch of Radio Shack gear, and uh, they would play them on the air because they were so horrible because I hadn't quite gone through puberty yet, so my voice was really <laughs> high. And, yeah, I was really... I didn't know they were making fun of me. I thought they, I was going to get a job, you know, so... <laughs> Like mom, so, they're playing
2: me on the radio. Wow. Uh, yeah,
0: I was really popular once I hit high school. You know, I mean, by that time I was on the on the air doing um, a little AM country station gig. But yeah, it was really it was just weird. Um, the only aspiration I had before that uh, career-wise was I wanted to be a professional wrestling referee because I knew I'd never be big <laughs> enough to be a wrestler. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, your, your childhood goals are just adorable, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I didn't aim very high when I was younger.
2: <laughs> so how did you then translate? You had a how many years in radio?
0: What was your stent? Oh gosh. Um, well, I let's see. I left radio in 2010. So from okay. the age of 15 to 2010, I'll be I'll be celebrating 30 years next year. Actually, it's okay. kind of hard to to wrap my head around. But um, you know, I started on the air. I thought, oh, this will be great. You know, I'll be a celebrity. You know, everybody will know me. And then it just kind of turned into I hate playing the same 12 songs over and over again. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I. Yeah, I just it got it. You know, it's I don't like redundancy in my life, so that was just not overly exciting. And I fell into the production side of things just because, um, you know, that's what we did uh, as on-air talent. We were required to do a production uh, shift uh, either before or after we were we were done. So I just fell in love with the uh, the manipulation of audio and sound and being able to create things uh, from scratch and build you know these soundscapes um, to to bring whatever, you know, it it was I was working on to life. And I, I don't know. I just fell in love with it, and uh, I never looked back. So, yeah. Wow.
2: So jump back to 2010, making the transition. What in your head made you go,
0: dang it, I've had enough? Um, well, actually, it, it wasn't that so much going on in my head as what was going on on top of my head. I lost all my hair, and... <laughs> True true story.
1: That's what he's blaming it (laughs) on. Well,
0: there could have been heredity heredity involved too, (laughs) but um, no. I just, I, you know, I was working for a a group of stations. I I moved back to Louisville in 2004, and I was working for five stations. Um, I had like 18 salespeople. Uh, There were four program directors three or four promotions people and it just became you know downsizing and you know I had a, a full-time copywriter I had a, a production assistant that worked uh, was kind of my right hand they were both let go uh, I was imaging three of the stations and on top of that, I had roughly 40-plus radio stations I was voicing. I had a bunch of other clients that I was doing stuff for. I was um, editing for Randy Thomas, uh, pretty much doing that. It was really a full-time job because it was during the day when I was working. So it just all became, uh, it, just, it just became too much. And I, I thought, something's got to give. And, you know, it's one of those things where you hate, you, you hate to pull the trigger and step away from something that's guaranteed money. But... I, I I stayed longer than I should have. I probably should have gone a, a few years sooner, but uh, it was just that that scary thing of of stepping out of your comfort zone and just relying fully on you to bring home the the money, so to speak. So
1: yeah, there's another life out there. It's it's frightening.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's it's it was the best thing that I that I ever did. I you know it's like yeah, there are ups and downs uh, like anything in life, but. I'm having the most fun that uh, that I've ever had, uh, in in any job that I've ever worked in. So this is um, this has been amazing. You know, I'm I'm loving every minute.
1: Okay, so let's get into the real meat of it about the radio imaging. First off, you have a radio background. Kevin and I also do. To be an imager, radio imager, do you have to have, or is it a perk to have a radio background to do this as a genre?
0: As far as producing or as far as as the VO side of it? The VO side. I think. the, yeah, the v, I mean definitely I think that it doesn't hurt. Um, you know, for me I you know, I love mixing radio imaging. I love coming up with creative and fun th- sweepers and promos. Um, but yeah, I think that it helps if you have a radio background because you know, you have built-in connections already with folks in the industry. Uh, I'm you know, I, I'm just saying it's it's a plus. It it's not really a negative if you don't, but I think that by having a radio background, you have a better understanding of kind of the deliveries um, that they use um, with radio imaging. And I, I, I do think that it's, you know, you kind of have a leg up, but I don't think that it's a huge negative if, if you don't. I mean, if you're a student of, of voice acting or uh, acting in general, I think that, you know, you just study and study and research and, you know, you you blend in <laughs> or stand out for that
2: matter. Yeah. Is that what makes a good imaging voice, AJ, like just the studying, the acting and all that, or, or what in your mind makes for a good imaging voice?
0: Well, for, for me, I think it's diversity. I mean, I um, I do all kinds of silly characters and I think outtakes, if you have a, you know, leave in your outtakes, if you have a good improv background, that helps tremendously. If you have a good wit, Uh, good comedic timing, those are all pluses. Um, I think the more things that you can bring to the table and offer a station, the more valuable that you'll be. I mean, I've done promos for stations where I'm the voice in the promo, I'm two or three characters that are all talking to each other. And then, you know, then I come back in as the announcer VO in the copy. And so the entire promo is me, but it's like three or four different people, but they're all me. So, um, you know, sometimes people are pressed for time. Nowadays, especially with consolidation, uh, you've got uh, radio imaging people that are also doing middays or afternoons or nights, and they're also doing the music or whatever. And they don't have a lot of time to sit down and and be overly creative, especially in medium to smaller markets. Mm-hmm. So anything you can do to you know throw a funny line out there or something silly that they can put in the promo and make them really shine, like they've you know done this amazing piece of work, then I think that makes you very very valuable to uh, to them and to the radio station.
1: Well, obviously, with you having done it for you know several decades now, you're seeing trends on what's working in the imaging world too i mean like the snarky delivery which i do not like and i don't understand why it's, why it's been so hot but uh, tell us about some of that and what what was you know what was the surprise that was a trend and what do you see in the horizon on trends
0: well you know it's really tough because things come along all the time and you just you know you just kind of have to be adaptable i mean um you know you had you went from the classic announcer style where you know, everybody talk like this, and it was all very announcery and blah, 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 and, you know, then it got conversational, and then, um, you know, you had the Gen X thing where everything is whispery and, and you know, snarky and kind of, you know, dry or flat, um, you know, and I think now it just—the <clears throat> trends that I see now, it's just— um, I hate to say it, and this is probably going to get me in trouble at some point. We might have to cut. We might have to cut this out after I think about it. But I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff I'm hearing lately has been very cookie cutter in the sense that um, you know people are being told you know well you know at least keep the sweepers under six seconds, keep the promos at thirty. And it's hard to be creative, so it all becomes kind of mundane and and repetitive. And um, you know, I would love to see personality come back into it more. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm just saying that in some instances, um, you know, you get these national promos or national sweepers that go out to stations for contests. And because I don't think that there's really a breeding ground to bring up a new generation of um, these creative out-of-the-box imagers. Uh, They're out there, but they're not as plentiful as they were, you know, back when I came up. So... It's all
2: cyclical, though, don't you think? I mean, these
0: trends come back around. Oh, yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, you know, it's like anything. I I think it's like, especially like in commercial, um, you know, the announcer thing is out. But now, you know, you're starting to hear it a little bit more, but it's kind of like the overstated announcer where it's like this is jimmy jimmy has five cats Blah, blah. you know it's <laughs> and it's like announcery but it's like pukey funny you know right. but they're making fun of it and i think all of that stuff just comes back around i think that you know the gen x thing is going to be played out and then they're going to want bubbly or happy or just upbeat or you know and then they're going to want really out of the box creative comedic kind of stuff i mean um it, it really depends on the format and what the trends are you know
2: tell us more
0: I do want to hear more about Jimmy and his pet
2: cat, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. <laughs> Let's talk about pet peeves, though. AJ, what? Mm. as a producer, what are some pet peeves that just drive you up the wall when you get VO from talent? What drives you up the wall?
0: One read. Oh, <laughs> okay. Period. <laughs> One read. Mic drop.
2: That's all. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: it i hate it i mean some some people like that i don't i you know it's somebody that just reads the copy and they read it once and you know um i kind of feel like "Ah," they say ah that's good enough or "Ah," you know i've got 40 other stations i have to do i mean i try to do whenever i'm voicing for a station i always try and this comes from being a producer too um i like to have variations you know if you're if you're giving me you know all the hits I want to hear i don't want want you to just say it once like give me a couple of different ways different tempos um you know but yeah just one read i i just that drives me nuts i always try to read it through cleanly like they want then i'll go back and i'll improvise some lines or say something silly um, and then i try to give them wild tracks of like various pieces throughout the copy so if it's a thousand dollar hit of the day You know, I'm reading the promo, and I'm not just going to go through and read it all once and be done. I'll probably go back in and say, you know, the thousand dollar hit of the day, one thousand dollars, the thousand dollar hit of the day. You know, I like to give variations, Mm -hmm. and so yeah, I just I hate one take and and move on. It just seems like they weren't really bothered. So I think if you take the time to really nuance the copy and and give the producer some extra stuff, um, that is another thing that makes you stand out.
1: Interesting. So if if a talent is listening and they 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 really really want to do imaging where are they going to start obviously get a demo first um
0: right well get coaching first coaching, i think for, coaching you know, I, demo, yeah. I teach yeah i teach the opposite of everything that a commercial coach um teaches you because radio isn't about being all um you know T's crossed, I's dotted. It's about having fun. It's about bringing life to the copy. It's about thinking outside the box. It's about bringing your personality into uh, the reads a lot more and being silly. Um, you know, you, you give them what they want. Give them a, a take of, you know, like a straightforward kind of read, but then get in there and, and, and play around with the copy. Um, you know, I think starting off, um, it's, it's hard. I mean, there are different coaches that have different, levels of thinking my thought process is if you've never done radio imaging you don't want to just go right to the top and be like hey here's my demo because if you can't really produce that or reproduce that on your own and and sell what it is that's on your demo that's not going to going to endear you to those high ups so I encourage people that have never done radio to always start with smaller markets mm-hmm. um, you know and I, I teach folks how to market to smaller stations and you know, like small to medium-sized stations get a couple of stations under your belt, work with them a few years, working on you know developing your read or reads, and then then go to the big guys and, and gals, you know. But um, some people encourage you to go right to the top. But the thing is, if you go, it's like going for a a New Yorker or LA agent. If you go right to the top, and they think that. Um, you're awful, then, um, you know, it's kind of, you're going to be, you know, blacklisted or, or they're, they're going to remember that and be like, yeah, I don't want them on any of my stations. <laughs> so, you know, everybody has a different approach. That's, that tends to be mine. I mean, for me, you know, I would go after the big stations just because I've done radio for 30 years. So. With
2: all the stuff you've got going on, AJ, are, are you taking on any new clients for a uh, voiceover imaging coaching?
0: It- it's funny. Well, yeah, I am t- I'm doing some coaching. It's funny, though, because, you know, it's like I kind of stepped away from uh, producing and voicing stations of uh, the last year or so just because uh, the demo side of things have just been so, it's been so busy, but it's been so rewarding for me to do that. But I've uh, had a couple of people reach out to me recently, and I'm kind of stepping back into some, uh, some radio stations. But I also, yeah, I've got time, uh, it's kind of limited, unfortunately, but I do have time uh, for some coaching. I'm actually working with a couple of people right now. So uh, yeah, it just depends on my schedule and, and you know, where someone is in their process. I'm always happy to at least have a, um, you know, have a one-on-one conversation with someone that's interested in, in getting into radio imaging for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there, there are a lot of us, um, and I'm going to throw myself in this there too, that have a few stations but mm-hmm. we're not capturing the ear or the eyes of the New York or LA agents who would get to the big stations. What about yeah. Mix Group, Benstown, Imager? What are your feelings on that? And do you have to be really have a lot of stations to get to them as well?
0: No, not at all. I mean, I think that if Ben's Town or Mixed Group or, or, uh, you know, the ones that you mentioned, I think that if, um, you know, I'm, I'm on the Ben's Town roster and I think that, um, you know, they're a great tool. See, they're not so much a, of an agent as they are. Um, a resource. So if you have smaller to medium market stations that don't have a budget to pay, then they can do um, a barter exchange. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, being a talent with Benztown, you Benstown, the radio station agrees to run so many commercials a day or a week, and then that in turn gets turned into revenue, and then that's how you get paid. So, I mean, yeah, those things are absolutely beneficial, especially if you're working with smaller to medium market stations that may just not have a budget budget uh, for talent. You can say, well, I'm available via barter, and then you can get them in touch with uh, uh, the guys and gals at at Benstown or or Mix Group or whoever you happen to be with, and You know, they'll they'll hook you up. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, it's like anything. I mean, you have to bring something special to the table, um, just like promo and trailer and anything else to really capture the attention of uh, of the big agents. Um, You know, but I mean, I know that there are talent out there that don't have agents that are are doing very well for themselves on on their own. You know, it's a lot of legwork and it's a lot of uh, a lot of time. But, um, you know, it can be done. But, yeah, to, to work in the major markets, you're going to have to have, um, you know, a, a New Yorker or, or L.A. agent. Usually the major market, the, the big stations and the big markets, they go, uh, they usually pick talent from, from the agencies. But, you know, it's all about timing and, and networking and being in the right place at the right time, too.
1: A penny for your thumb.
0: Going back, AJ, to talking about
2: the, the people that are just getting into it or, or people like, you know, Bobby, like Bobby and I, you know, we specialize probably mostly in automotive and then other genres, but we both have, a you know, a couple of few stations each. Say we want to expand and you talk about New York and L.A., mostly agent work. Let's say we want to target those middle markets, the Cincinnati's, the Louisville's and, and that kind of thing. What are your recommendations on The attack on the marketing and that kind of thing. Can you go directly to those stations and and how would you address that?
0: Well, um, it's nowadays it's it's so selective. I mean, you know, back when I was doing this, we didn't really have the the internet, Um, so I would have to call the radio stations and ask, you know, who the program director was, who the imaging director was. Um, Now you could go online. You can listen to these radio stations. A lot of times, they have the contact information in their about section or in their contact section on their website, and you can find out who the PD is uh, just from doing that. You know, so um, it's so much easier to get your your stuff in front of those folks, um, especially as you know, because I spent a ton of money on on postage back in the day and <laughs> mailers and everything else. It's like, oh, uh, it's so different now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are websites that you can go to uh, if you're interested in working in top 40 stations. Um, you know, there you can Google search, you know, top 40 stations in the US. It'll pull up a list of every station that plays uh, the the top 40 format. And you can, uh, you know, just track them from there. Like I said, it's, it's it can be very time consuming. But um, you know that's how I did it, and that's how I built up my client list. And um, you know, like I said, for me, I I did it for twenty years, and it kind of uh, be, I, I I wanted to go in other avenues. So I'm now I'm more so pursuing the promo side of things, and um you know, and working on the demo production stuff. Um, but I still love radio imaging, and I'm like I said, I'm I'm getting back into it now because I've missed it. Um, but uh, you know. It, you can have as many stations as you want. All it takes is one program director, one consultant, uh, to hear you and like your sound and put you on, you know, all the iHeart stations, uh, you know, for top forty or all the the Cumulus stations for top forty or for country or, or whatever it happens to be. Um, it's just really about timing and, and being in the right place at the right time. I mean, just like anything else with what we do, you know. Follow-up,
2: AJ, what kind of cash can you make, you know, on monthly retainers? Well, therein is the
0: all-important question. <laughs> um, I'll start crying any minute when I start talking about rates. Um, I, know, I know you meant the other tier, but, yeah, I got you. I'm just, you know, <laughs> wah-wah. Little, little, wah-wah, just a little humor there for you. Um, you know, the rates vary so much anymore. I mean, back in the day, you could, if you were on a major market station, um, you could make... Really good money, you know, uh, upward upwards of eight fifty to a thousand dollars a month retainer, um, you know, for one or two pages. It was just ridiculous. But I mean, everything was ridiculous back then. Um, you know, on the average, if you're a medium to large market station, uh, it really depends on what their what, what market size it is, what their their listening audience is, and all of that. You can Google search and find online. On the average, I would say 400 to 500, 600, somewhere around in there. It just depends on the market size and it depends on what the requirement is. Everything in radio rates, um, they're all negotiable. Um, You know, I used to do stations where I'd make 500 a month doing two pages um a month and those didn't carry over so you either use them or you lose them mm-hmm. um there were you know there were other times where i would make you know 400 for two pages because it was a smaller market or um you know it, it just really it it varies um it's all negotiable and like i said some stations don't even have a budget for vo anymore so that's where the the barter stuff comes in uh with Ben's Town or or the Mix group so
1: you know, even the um pay to plays have I've seen you know, here and there um a station, a program director reach out for, and it's usually one and done. and unfortunately, um actually, yeah. i I got a job from one two years ago that did sign a retainer, which I was shocked that they did. But um it can happen, but usually the one and dones you want to kind of stay clear of, right?
0: Yeah, I've, I've never really been fans of those because once they have your audio, you're basically saying that you can use it in in, uh, in perpetuity and, uh, you know, no telling how long that's going to run. I mean, I've had friends ask me to do their their Internet stations before. And, you know, so I've done some some liners uh, for Internet radio. But I mean, keep in mind, too, you're not limited to just the U.S. Um, I was on eight stations in the Philippines uh, for a year or two um, through Benstown. So, you know, you can market worldwide. There, you know, Europe is always looking for English-speaking voices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's so many options. It's you're you're not limited to the U.S. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the rates vary. You know, you don't want to do uh, you know a, a station f- for a retainer and do a hundred dollars for three pages. That's just that's insane. Don't do that. Um, even a hundred dollars a page. I mean, I don't know. It just depends. I usually try to do a four hundred for two pages a month. What is is about the bare minimum, or about the average, I would say, for a medium, um, a medium market station. You know, maybe a little bit more could be could be five. You know, four or five, but you definitely don't want to do like fifty bucks for two pages. I mean, that's just that's very low. That that would be considered low ball in in my book, anyway.
1: There's the facts.
0: Some
2: great knowledge, AJ, and thank you for. Uh coming on the podcast um if if bobby didn't have anything else we're going to let you go and um we Just appreciate your time. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, they can uh, go to ajmckaycreative.com, yes, sir. And uh, AJ will uh, you know, entertain your questions, he'll uh, consider taking you on as a uh, coaching client. And uh, AJ's an incredible producer, uh, AJ has worked on some of my demos, and uh, the work is
0: fantastic,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, thanks, buddy. Well, you know. It makes life easier when when you work with, and I'm not just saying this because you're awake now and and on the other end. I'm saying this because (laughs) I mean it. (laughs) Um, When you have good talent to work with, it makes a producer's life much easier um, because it just, I always build around the read. And so if you give me a really quality read, I'm going to give you a really quality product. And so always... Um, try to put forth your best effort, and and just give the producer a really quality read. Give them variety, and uh, and and they can do all kinds of great things with your with your voice. So. And and tell people they can feel free to email me too. It's AJ at ajmckaycreative.com. dot com. If you have questions or you want to touch base, I'm always quick to answer emails. So um, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of here. It's all about giving back and paying it forward at this point, point. and I'm I'm loving every minute. So thank you guys for having me on.
1: Thank you, AJ
2: voice actor, demo producer, audio engineer, and master of all things creative, A.J. McKay. Yes. Thanks so much for your yes. time, man. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Great catching up with you guys. You too. Hey, bud oh man always a blast to talk with AJ McKay uh Bobby you and I know AJ you know from not way way back but we know AJ and uh he's one of the good ones in this industry that's for sure
1: oh we know AJ <laughs> I mean we should have recorded this at two in the morning
2: oh my gosh <laughs> Bobby did I tell you my uh AJ McKay story where Deborah my wife and I went and surprised him at a club gig that he was doing in Louisville you did yeah you oh, did. I, just for, for everybody that didn't know uh my wife wife and I, uh, AJ uh, will do club gigs sometimes where he's a DJ, you know, mixing on the ones and twos, as it were. <laughs> and so, <laughs> And so my wife and I decided to surprise him and go to one of his gigs in Louisville. We were in the area and just decided to pop in. He hadn't seen us in months. And we go, and he's on the ones and twos, and he has got all these strobe lights, all these blue, purple, neon lights flashing in his face and stuff. And she and I go just stand in front of him and smile, and he is giving us the weirdest look. Oh, my God. Then we got a little bit closer, and we smiled bigger, and, like, he's waiting to go, like, you know, do you guys have a request? What's going on? What do you want? And (laughs) and then he realized who it was through the lights and through the flashing and all this stuff, (laughs) and his reaction. He goes, oh, my. (laughs) <laughs> Once he realized who it was, yeah, sorry for the exploit. He
1: just thought you were groupies at first. Exactly, exactly. You know, AJ,
2: <laughs> he probably has a ton of groupies. But anyway, yeah. AJ, I'm sure. so knowledgeable when it comes to imaging and, and the whole voiceover world in general. But just a treat to have him on. And, uh, you know, again, if you want to reach out to him, you can uh, email him at AJMcKayCreative.com. So anyway. What do you think about that, Bobby, all the imaging talk?
1: You know, it makes me want to kind of, it makes me want to coach with him because it's not one of my stronger genres. But if you do have a good coach, just like commercial or animation or anything, you know, you can improve. And I'm thinking, wow, yeah, he had some great advice in there loved it.
2: Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. We have more great stuff to come on the next episode. And uh, make sure to uh, find us all over iTunes, Spotify, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, on Podbean. When you go to Podbean, go ahead and subscribe. And that way, whenever a new uh, Middle Class VO Podcast is released, you will be the first to know about it.
1: Yes, right there in your inbox. Do it. The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production.
0: All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob Jingle was written and produced by Kevin.
1: Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis.
0: Additional engineering by Zach Zimmet.
1: Bobby's hair and makeup by Rebecca Adlita.
0: Kevin's wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium.
1: All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean.
0: For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau.
1: I'm Lisa Lou Perry.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: And don't miss the next episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. Kevin, we lost you. Kevin, we lost you.
2: No, I'm here. Oh No. (laughs) Sorry, I think you just woke him up. (laughs) No, I was waiting for Bobby to interject a
0: question here. (laughs) Oh, my God. And a one, and a two, and a...